begin with a word of prayer. My prayer this morning, Father, is a simple one, that you would give me a heart for your word and a word for our hearts. Amen. So, you know, I think like an opera singer, and uh, the story we read today would be the world's worst opera. Jesus doesn't say anything. Mary doesn't say anything. Oh, no, actually, Jesus responds at the end. But the, the main aria in this would be a complaining aria by Martha with Jesus saying, you are so wrong. And, and I'm sorry to say that Martha gets a bad rap in this story. We are not going to pick on Martha today. Most scholars believe that Martha was the oldest daughter because if you were listening, it said they were in Martha's house. Well, home ownership wasn't something that young ladies aspired to in Jesus' time. And really, the only way to have it be your house would to have been married. Your husband died, and you got to keep his stuff. We also think that Martha is the oldest because of birth order theory. Um, there's a great book. You've probably seen it in the bookstore. It's about three inches thick. It's called The Birth Order Book. It was written by an author named Tim Lehman. <laughs> He, uh, he was in an interview once, and he said he should have titled it, Abel Had It Coming. Why? Because he's an older brother, right? I got to tell you, us oldest children have it rough. My mom would leave a list of chores, and I'm not picking on my family at all, but my mom would leave a list of chores. Doc had a list. His sister Betty had a list. Doc had come home do his chores, do his paper route, and do whatever. Mom had come home from work. Betty's chores weren't done. Who got yelled at? I got yelled at. I'm like, this isn't fair. I did my chores. Yes, but you're the oldest, and you're responsible. I, I don't want to be responsible for the youngest. <laughs> if you didn't hear that, Jonathan said it makes no sense. And he, he's right. But the oldest usually has a heavier load to bear. Now, let's have fun. Go like this if you're the oldest. or the See, I married an oldest. There we go. It's hard work. So, Martha is widowed. And we find out later in the scripture that Mary brings the oil to anoint Jesus' feet at the home of Simon the leper. Simon the leper couldn't have a party unless somebody had healed him from his leprosy. So we believe that Mary and Martha were the children of Simon the leper, and they had a brother. His name was Lazarus. So I want you to picture this. Martha went down to the uh, shop, right, with her little plastic bucket, and uh, she had her disposable bags, because you're not allowed to have bags at ShopRite anymore. And she selected just enough food for perhaps Simon, Lazarus, Mary, and herself. And maybe she was making shepherd's pie, because that makes sense. There were a lot of shepherds around at that time. And she, uh, you know, did the lamb on the bottom, and she's got the peas and the mashed potatoes on top, and it's been in the oven all day, and it's nice and crispy brown. Oh, she says, this is going to be such a good dinner for me and my little tiny family. And Jesus and 12 of his closest friends 
knock on the door. Martha, they say, we're here for dinner. Now, Vicky doesn't know this, but while she was in the shower this morning, I went digging through our pantry just to see what we would feed 13 extra people if they showed up for dinner. Pancakes. Now, the reason we have so much Bisquick is remember during COVID, things were running out? Well, I was buying Bisquick by the box, by the big, huge box. We have two boxes of Bisquick, and then down in the bottom, because you know I got a, a Belgian waffle maker for Christmas, I bought four boxes of Belgian waffle mix. So yeah, if Jesus and his buddy showed up at my house, they're getting pancakes. And perhaps waffles, but I might water it down because I don't want to run the oven and the, the, the waffle maker at the same time. I also checked, we have half a bottle of low-calorie syrup, and we have a half a bottle of real maple syrup. Now, you can think in your mind who gets which, but I don't eat that low-calorie crap. I'm putting good stuff on my waffles. So... Imagine if this happened to you and what you have in your house and what you have in your freezer. Would you be a little bit stressed? This is the same type of story when the prodigal son came home and the father said to the servants, kill the fatted calf. Well, you couldn't just go down to the grocery store and buy a, a box of frozen hamburgers and heat up the Weber grill. This was a huge undertaking, and we know from our study of the scriptures that hospitality was like the number two thing on the list. Love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. And I'm sorry to say, if Martha were here today, she'd say, Doc, I love you, but pancakes ain't going to cut it. And I'd say, Martha, I got chocolate chips. <laughs> ain't going to happen. So... There are three parts to this story, three characters, and you might remember these from high school uh, literature class. Jesus, believe it or not, in this story is the catalyst. And I wrote it down. The catalyst sets the conflict in motion. <laughs> That's his role in the story. Hi, Martha, I'm here for dinner. And he sits down to teach while Martha and whomever makes pancakes. He's the catalyst. But guess what? Jesus is still the catalyst. He sets the conflict in motion, the conflict between the saved and the unsaved, the believer and the unbeliever, the seeker and the, the found. And all he does really, literally, is walk in and sit down in the story. Now, here we go. We got the protagonist. That would be our friend Martha. She's the principal character in the story. And we've got the antagonist. That's the little sister with the metaphorical stick. Poke in the older sister. Now, we studied 12 women in the Bible for Sunday school. What, we just finished in, uh, in June. And one of the people we studied was Mary. And I want you to put on your first century brain here for a second, because Mary was not supposed to be taught by the men. In fact, a Jewish rabbi at the time said it was better to teach scripture to your dog than to your wife. Mary walked past 
her father, perhaps, her brother, 12 disciples. Disciples who we know from the past had no difficulty saying stupid stuff, right? Peter said, open mouth, insert foot. I mean, that's the way he lived life. She went past all 14 of the men and I, I like to think of Mary as a little wispy thing. I, I don't think of her as an East German shot putter. I mean, she's a little tiny thing. And she muscles her way up right to the front of the crowd and plops herself in front of Jesus. So there are perhaps not just one annoyed person in this story. There could be 15 annoyed people in this story. And Mary could care less because she is focused on the truth. Martha's mixing pancakes. And first she mixed them slowly. And then she mixed them harder. And now she's whipping them so hard that pancake mixes. Jesus, she says, tell that woman to get in the kitchen and do what she's supposed to do. I'm tired of this stuff. Sorry if that was a little loud on the recording. <laughs> but do you feel the frustration of Martha? Because she knows that the Bible says you've got to take care of the sojourner and the stranger. It is our responsibility in this house to follow the word of God and get dinner ready. Even if it's just chocolate chip pancakes. What does Jesus say? Now I want you to hear this. He does not scold Martha. There is not... <laughs> now I have a beautiful wife and she works nights. And sometimes when she comes home from work, she's a little stressed. And she needs to calm down. She needs to relax. She sits by the window and she watches the goldfinches eat. She watches the hummingbirds. She yells at the squirrels. It's sort of fun to watch. And if I'm not there, she'll start to read a book. And I'm not telling tales out of school because she's been up for almost 24 hours. She reads the book by falling asleep. And her husband will say this if he's driving in the car. I am wagging my finger at you. And I will do it in the car while I'm driving, talking on the hands-free phone. I will say, Vicki, go to bed. There was no finger wagging in what Jesus said. He said, Mary, you are distracted and worried about many things. And... Martha, you are distracted and worried about many things. Mary has chosen the best portion, is what it says in the ESV. Now, I looked up that word, and that word is actually the same place we get the root for Agatha. And it means best and excellent and desired and all those things you could think about. But did you hear he did not judge Mary or Martha on the choice they made. Both choices were right, just one was a little bit better. Well, what does that mean for us? There's a book called Work, Play, and Worship in a Leisure-Based Society by Gordon Dahl, and he says most middle-class Americans tend to worship their work, work at their play, and play at their worship. That's really deep. Let me put that out there again. They worship their work, work at their play, and play at their worship. 
And he finishes by saying, as a result, this mean, their meanings and their values are distorted. We are supposed to be hospitable. Now, I don't know about you, but I enjoyed last week when we had hamburgers and hot dogs after church. And uh, I, I would vote for that almost every Sunday. I, I love the fellowship. I love sitting around with you all. I loved, I mean, who doesn't love the smell of meat on a grill? Unless, of course, you're vegetarian and vegan and we need to get some black bean burgers for our vegan friend next time around. But it was just nice. But it's not the reason we're here. A food drive at your church is nice. But it's not the reason we're here. A clothing drive at your church is nice. But it's not the reason we're here. Why are we here? You've heard me say this many times. My goal is to get to heaven and take as many people with me as possible. That's the reason we're here. Martha saw both a need and her responsibility to fill the need. Martha got to work. In fact, I could hear her say in my mind, that dinner will not cook itself. Martha got overwhelmed with her plans, and she missed God's plans for her. And then what did Martha do? I love this. She yelled at God. Now, have you ever yelled at God? You don't have to answer out loud. The answer is yes. We all have at one time raised our fist to heaven metaphorically and said, what is going on? Mary ignored the tasks at hand. Mary ignored first century convention. Mary, I want you to hear this, was reinforced by the blessing of God. In a world of cell phones, emails, doorbells, doorbells that actually ring wherever you are because they're attached to your phone and you can see who's at your doorbell. How weird is that? I sort of liked the mystery when I was a kid. Ding dong, I wonder who it is, we would say, and no mystery anymore, hold it, son. You can actually, if you have an Amazon TV, put the ring doorbell on your TV, 44, 50, 60 inches, and see who's at the door. Mary was reinforced. She made the better choice. I want to finish with this story. Actually, I want to add a thought and then finish. If you're looking in your Bibles at Luke 10, the story right before this is the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan, we know, teaches us to love our neighbor. That is the point of the Good Samaritan. Now imagine if Martha had just heard the Good Samaritan and Jesus and his closest friend show up. She's saying to herself, well... I'm being the good Samaritan. I'm loving my neighbor. I'm making chocolate chip pancakes for Jesus. But this story tells us that it's more important to love God first. Charles Dickens, I don't know if you know, lived a neglected and, uh, and he was in poverty for childhood. He worked in a factory as a child. And during his dinner break, he would go to St. Martin Street where the coffee houses were 
and he would drink coffee and eat his dinner. One day he was sitting in a coffee house and he looked at the door and he was filled with terror. The front of the door said, Moor, M-O-O-R, Ephok. Well, he knew about the Moors. The Moors were down in Spain and the, the Moors killed Christians. And were there Moors here? Was he in the wrong place? And as his dinner got cold and he obsessed and, and was afraid over what the door said, it finally came time for him to leave and he, he walked through the door that said, more Ephok. He safely got through the door and with a sigh he turned around and he looked back and he read the door. It said coffee room. <laughs> he got it backwards. Sometimes I think, friends, we get it backwards. Hear me say, both sides of the door are important. The church needs as many Marys as it needs Marthas. It needs as many Marthas as it needs Marys. We just have to put them in the right order, or you'll be sitting in a room labeled more Efak. Amen. <laughs>